Hello and welcome to another episode of the County Cricket Podcast in association with our friends at Bear Crickets. I'm your host, Aaron, aka the Cricket Connoisseur, and joining me on my left for today's special episode of TCCP is none other than Glamorgan and former Worcestershire all-rounder, Zane Orkatan. So Zane, first things first, mate, thank you ever so much for taking the time to come onto the podcast today. It's an absolute pleasure to welcome you on for a chat about all things county cricket. I've got to ask, mate, how's your day been so far? <laughs> now, first of all, uh, thanks for inviting me and, uh, you know, it's good to be here. And um, yeah, good good day today. First day back after after the break and yeah, solid start to the next block. Well, I'm glad to hear that, mate. And yes, for those who aren't aware, we are recording this in early January. The episode will probably be out towards the end of the month or February. So apologies if there's any confusion there about timing and, and dates. But in terms of that first block back heading into the new year, Zane, how have things been in terms of testing, in terms of fitness training, stuff like that? Things going well down at Glam? Yeah, yeah, very well, actually. Um, it's, it's a good setup uh, at Glamorgan. I've really enjoyed it for the past past year. And uh, this winter, obviously, has been another strong winter. Just trying to get better um, bit by bit and hopefully ramp things up uh, as we come near to the season. Oh, of course. And yes, it's fast approaching, isn't it? To be honest, in fact, as of this recording, we're 90 days away from the start of the championship. That has come by incredibly quickly. It's like you have that festive period, then it's the 1st of January, and all of a sudden it's the build-up. Fair enough right now, it's maybe not at its most intense, but yeah, it's definitely there in the background. It's just ominously lurking, isn't it, in the shadows? But yeah, yeah, I think, to be honest, we're all looking forward to the start of the championship. Proper Red Bull cricket back in our lives and the county's back in action. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. And of course, we shall discuss that towards the latter stages of today's episode. But Zane, before we jump the gun and we talk about Glamorgan and we talk about this upcoming season, I wanted to transport you all the way back to the origins of your cricketing story. So what are your first ever memories of cricket, either playing or watching this simply sensational game? Um, so just a bit of background on me. I'm, I'm, I was born in Pakistan, so uh, and I moved to the, to the UK in 2008. Um, so my earliest memory would have to be just playing, uh, it, just playing in the garden in Pakistan in our house in the village, just playing with my brothers. Um, we used obviously I think a lot of people have heard about uh, tape ball cricket, which is basically a tape ball, which is a tennis ball, sorry, taped up. Um, so yeah, just having a knock with that in the background and and uh, just playing that for hours, I'd say my uh, earliest memory. Oh, brilliant. I mean, that is a lovely way to get into the game. So very much the, the family influence then in those formative years. And you mentioned tape ball crickets. What a way to get into the game as well. That ball absolutely yeah. hoops about, doesn't it? Flipping, yeah. moves <laughs> all over the shop. You feel like a prime wazzy macram as soon yeah. as you get a tape ball in your hands. And in terms of those early days with the tape ball, were you primarily a batter, a bowler? Did you take up an all-rounder kind of mantle? What was your role in those earliest days in terms of, of playing cricket? I think um, since like a young age, I've always wanted to do everything. For like, I always wanted to be involved. So if 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 we're bowling, like I wanted to bowl. If we're batting, like I wanted to bat. I think just being keen as a as a as a kid, basically, just wanted to play, no matter what it was. Um, so I think from that. Um, you know, since young, just wanting to bowl and bat probably went into my cricket when I started taking it a bit more seriously as well. Um, so I think that's where probably the all-rounder role sort of came. Oh, fair enough. So it really has been a case of having that role from the start then. It's not something which has developed yeah. over the years. Oh, that's really interesting, to be honest, yeah. because usually, as is the case with, with most cricketers, you choose one discipline, whether that's yeah. batting or bowling, and then the next discipline kind of just built up over the years. It's just so you have that extra dimension to your game. So, yeah, glad to hear that, mates. And yeah. obviously, sounds like a lot of fun, to be honest. Back yeah, in Pakistan, yeah. flipping heck, that sounds really, really good. And in terms of those early years, aside from family connections and that influence in those formative days, did you have any role models, any icons, any idols in the game who you kind of looked up to in those early years, per se? Um, I think someone who I've uh, all, always admired was probably Ben Stokes, even from like an early age. 
um, obviously recently he started doing really, really well. But um, just even when he first came on the scene sort of thing, because um, I, I sort of do what he does, which is left-hand bat, ball right arm. Um, so that's who I sort of like looked at as someone like, I want, you know, I want to try and basically be like him. But I don't know, recently, obviously, he's had an unreal few years. But um, going back, yeah, since when he made his debut for uh, in England and stuff, uh, that's had someone I'd say I'd looked up to, yeah. Oh, great shout, to be honest. Yeah, Ben Stokes, he's, <laughs> he's quite the cricketer, isn't he, to be honest. I don't yeah. think there's many more adjectives and superlatives that we can throw Ben Stokes' his way. He's just one of the finest cricketers on the planet right now. And interestingly... Interestingly, you mentioned there about your play style, Zane, because I did want to touch upon this. Left-hand bats, right-arm bowler. Is that, again, something which you've had throughout your entire life, or is that something which has just developed? Because it's not something we see very often, is it? Obviously, if you're right-handed naturally, you tend to use it for both. But in your case, is that something which you've just been born with? Have you always batted left-handed and and bowled right-handed? Is that something which is just natural? Or, again, is that something which is just developed over the years per se um yeah to be honest since i can remember i've always i've always batted left-handed and bowled right arm because every day-to-day life i'm right-handed as well so it's just um with batting i don't know why it came to me um, just to bat left-handed even though everyone else family and whoever played cricket was right-handed so i'm sort of like the only left-handed batter in the uh, in the family so i don't know why yeah, actually it's an interesting one uh, but i guess it helps with having a strong top hand when i'm batting <laughs> well it's interesting you mention that because another example of batting left-handed but bowling right-handed is oliver hannon dolby from my county of warwickshire and actually yeah. i asked him the exact same question on the podcast and he mentioned about that top hand because realistically that's meant to be your strongest one it's the one when you're defending is the one that you use to lean into the shot with. So yeah. there is logic, there's reason, there's rationale behind it. But yeah, it's just funny to see, isn't it? To be honest, someone batting left-handed and then bowling right-handed. It's, yeah. it's something which is, as I said, not unique because we do see in the game of cricket, but it's definitely a way to differentiate yourself on the yeah. cricket field. And in terms of Ben Stokes, just one final piece about him before we, we touch upon county cricket, saying. If you could go back in time and relive just one knock from Ben Stokes' career so far, which day, which moment, which knock would you select and why? I think it's probably an easy one and probably a lot of people would say the same thing, but I, he'd have to be day five at Headingley, I'm sure. Um, it's just like uh, it's those things are sort of like even watching from the sidelines or on TV, you just sort of think like, wow, this this this, this doesn't happen often. And, and the sort of things, I guess anyone would dream of so just watching that and actually it happening and obviously being in ashes as well um yeah it'd have to be that i reckon it was special wasn't it to be honest it's just one of the the great test knocks in particular in modern cricket you could argue in the entire history of the ashes as well it was different gravy to to quote a popular saying but (laughs) in terms of that day and that occasion do you remember where you were for that actually Zane again that's something which I've posed a lot on this podcast where was I I think I was I think I was I think I do have what I do remember watching it on tv so I think I'm either I think I probably was at home just watching it on tv uh, with family and stuff um that's the only thing I definitely wasn't at the ground I wish I was at the ground but uh yeah, I think I just saw it on the telly. Fair enough. I mean, I think that was the case for a lot of people, to yeah. be honest. Personally, I will never forget where I was on that day because I was at Edgebaston watching Warwickshire get absolutely hammered by North Ants. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that was a very, very rough performance, to be honest, by my beloved Bears. But yeah, it was just interesting just watching behind the Hollies. Obviously, no one was in there because they were behind just watching on the TV screens and you just heard this massive roar and I think the players on on the pitch actually understood exactly what was going on. But yeah, that's yeah. just a, a special day, to be honest. I think the fans can be forgiven for taking the time to to watch Ben Stokes hit those winning runs. And oh, the celebration was just class, 100%. wasn't it? Yeah, iconic. The the Western Terrace goes up, fist pump, and you just see the the camera just pans that wide angle. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, special, yeah. 
<laughs> it is. It's perfection. To be honest, and yes, honestly, one of the great days that we've had as English cricket fans in recent years. But aside from international cricket, then Zane, I think we do yeah. have to talk about county cricket, seeing as <laughs> we are the county cricket podcast after all. So, from those formative years playing tape ball in Pakistan and then moving to England at an early age, at the age of seven in 2008. Yeah. What can you remember in terms of your journey into county crickets? How did you go from playing tape ball cricket and playing at a recreational level to representing Worcestershire in the counties? So I think, it, it, well, it all started playing um, just school cricket in the, the at that time. I think I first got into it when I was um, 11 or 12 and uh, and our school PE teacher who he obviously he saw us he saw everyone play and he offered me if I want if he like if he could nominate me to the district trials uh, at Worcester and I was like yeah sure um, so that's how we first got into Worcester so I had a couple of trials with um, northern districts um, and I successfully got into the side and we had like a regional tournament with the all the four districts of Worcester like uh, south east and north and like middle and west um so we had we had like a tournament uh, over a couple of weeks uh i think i did quite well in that from what i remember i think i scored a couple of 50s and i don't remember bowling much then um even though i think i always liked bowling as well um but i think my batting sort of got me into the under 12s county side um and then from then on i think i stayed in in that system for until till I was 18 yeah so oh, wow. so Sorry. that initial yeah so initially getting in and then obviously uh and then I managed to stay in for a uh, for a few years well you certainly did and we'll touch upon your debut in due course Lane, because in terms of the game itself very interesting to be honest yeah. to make your your debut against the West Indies touring side I think that's always quite a a unique team to to make your bow yeah. against but in terms of your first impressions of Worcestershire as a club, in terms of the facilities, in terms of the players, and of course that academy system, what did you make of the pairs in terms of all of those factors? Was it quite surreal to experience that at, at such a young age? No, um, it's, it's definitely a great setup at Worcester, um, especially once I got into the academy at 15. Um, I think uh, when I was 17, like, uh, we had uh, ECB official come in. I think it was David Gravely, and he said it was one of the better performing academies in the country, like up there with Notts and Surrey. And so it's definitely a great, great setup. And that can be, I think, I think that can be seen in their team where they had a lot of graduates playing playing in their first team and gained a lot of contracts. Um, so it was definitely a great setup, and uh, the the guys there was there was great. And I think the director at the time, he still is director Elliot Wilson, who was really good to me at the time as well. Um, I got a lot of opportunity to play second team cricket while on the academy, and but no, I think I really did enjoy it there, and it was it was a real good setup. Where, yeah. Oh, well, I'm glad to hear that, mate. That that really does sound like an excellent first step then into yeah. county cricket, and uh, of course from those formative days with the academy, having worked up your way from under 12s level, of course through the second eleven as well. In 2018, you made your debut for the club in a list day match against the West yeah. Indies A touring side. So first and foremost, in terms of that opportunity, when did you find out that you're going to play in that particular match? So I believe it was like, um, so it was a bit on the edge because I, I was on the academy at the time and the, there was, I think there was a championship game like the following day or maybe a day after or some like a day in between. So I think there was rumours that I think there might be a few spots available as the first team players might will have to uh, they, they can't obviously play like a f- one day game and then go into a champo the next day so majority of the second team at the time were like uh, was likely they will play um, and then it was sort of confirmed the day before that yeah you're going to play um, I think I was playing club cricket on the Saturday and the game was potentially on a Sunday I think um, and that's that's when it's all it hit me like, yeah, I'm going to probably make my debut tomorrow. So it was quite a surreal moment. Yeah, to be honest, it sounds like it's having been playing club crickets just a few days before and then all of a sudden 
you're facing off against international quality bowlers. And yeah. in terms of your club side, was that for Stourbridge or was that for a different team at that time? So at that time, I was playing for Bart Green in the in the Birmingham Premier League. Um, so I was up, I was at Stourbridge for um, until I was 15. And then I moved on to play Birmingham League cricket, which was a bit of a high standard, uh, which was the high standard around in Birmingham. So just to play a high standard, I was at Bart Green for a couple of years. And that's when I made my list A debut as well. Oh, fair enough. Bart Green, a very, very good side, to be honest. Yeah. It was the side of, of Ed Pollock, former yes. Warwickshire, now, of course, at Worcestershire. And yes, they have been very successful, to be honest, in what is one of the strongest leagues, to be honest, in the entire country, the Birmingham League. Yeah is top yeah. tier, as many a cricketer yeah. will attest to. And in terms of that particular day and walking out onto that field, Zane, what was that like, you know, just achieving that dream, representing one of these 18 first-class counties? If you could just summarise your feelings and the emotions from that day, how would you put it into your own words in terms of stepping out onto that field and representing the pairs of Worcestershire for the very first time? I think I didn't quite understand it at the time. Um, obviously, being quite young, um, I don't. I don't think I quite got could get around what was actually happening. I think just the general excitement and a bit nervous, of course, naturally wanting to do well. Um, uh, at the time, I was I was more of a bowling all rounder. Um, as I progressed, uh, I was playing in the second team as a bowler. That batted sort of eight, seven, eight, or nine. Um, so I knew I'd, I knew I'd uh, have have a part to play. Uh, but I'm generally just just excited and and wanting to do well against these international players, 100. And of course, we had a good crowd coming that day as well. So it was it was it was my first time playing in front of a good like big crowd. So definitely a bit bit nervous, but uh, but overall a great experience. Oh, that's completely understandable though, isn't it? Because making yeah. your pro debut must be tremendously nerve wracking, isn't it? It's something yeah. which you've worked your entire life for up until that point and yeah you do get some good crowds in at new roads i mean i yeah. think that's the england lions versus south africa match that we saw in 2022 that was a great game by the way and yeah excellent crowd turned up so yeah it's a lovely lovely venue to be honest for those tour yeah. matches and in terms of the game itself what can you remember in terms of your bowling figures in terms of your output with the bats what can you remember from that particular game against so, the west I'll indies be- a side yeah, I believe we bowled first. Um, I think I had pretty average returns. I think about seven overs for 40 yards, no wickets. I dropped a catch off my own bowling, which was, I think it was Jermaine Blackwood who absolutely nailed it back at me. And I barely got a hand to it and I couldn't feel my hand for the rest of the game, really. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think I had a pretty average game. And then batting-wise, I think I got maybe 15 not out or something. Um, but we actually ended up being a quite a close game because I think they got 320 close to something like that and then I think we ended up losing by like what 10 runs so it actually ended up being a quite a good game um, and I was there at the end to be fair couldn't finish it off but <laughs> but uh, but yeah no it was, it was a good day out it certainly was and yes to be honest it was a good game as well ultimately it was a 21 run loss for Worcestershire oh, against that West Indies go. touring side but as you mentioned there, Zane, carried your bats, which is always nice, isn't it? <laughs> On list day, debut, little red inker next yeah. to your name. Always a nice bonus. And in terms of the opposition, I mean, I do have the scorecard here, to be honest. You mentioned Jermaine Blackwood, 119. Some player, by the way, yeah. is Jermaine Blackwood, now plays for the West Indies on a pretty regular basis in the test formats. Jason Mohammed as well, 142. Goodness me, that was quite the knock from the experienced yeah. Trinidadian and... You look at some of the other names, Robin Powell, Raheem Cornwall, Devon Thomas, Chimar yeah. Holder, Raymond Reefer, all of these guys internationals. I mean, yeah. that must have been quite the occasion. Yeah, 100%. Like, I, I remember I remember Jason Mohammed uh, hit some like incredible shots. I think I think he backed away. I, I was bowling to him and I think he just literally took a step back and checked it over extra curve for six and it hit, hit the hotel on the floor. And I was just like, wow, this is, this is incredible. <laughs> I was I was like, yeah, I can't do a lot there. So I just bowled the top off and he checked it into the hotel. So I was like, fair enough. That's all you can react like though, isn't yeah. it? To be honest, just get back to your mark, bowl the next ball. Nothing you can do about That's it, it yeah. against players of, of that calibre. And I tell you what, at the time, I think he was in some 
pretty good form in terms of domestic cricket as well. So not surprised by that in any amount whatsoever. And in terms of that particular game, Zane, would you say that was your highlights from your time at New Road? Or was there another day, another game, another moment which almost surpassed that? What do you say was your individual highlights from your time in the West Midlands? I think it definitely would have to be that game, uh, without a doubt. Uh, I, th- I played a lot of second team cricket um, with Worcester, but obviously making my debut and against like some some class international players from the West Indies, that would uh, I'd say definitely have to be my highlight. Probably not my best game, but just the occasion and uh, and the atmosphere and the experience and obviously just being there uh, amongst the first teamers and. You know, just getting a taste of what professional cricket is like. So that, that I'd say definitely that is uh, the highlight. Fair enough. I'm not surprised by that at all, to be honest, because those touring matches, a lot of cricketers come onto this podcast and say that they are up there in terms yeah. of their highlights because you're playing international quality opposition. And in particular, on your debut, there is just another level, isn't there? So the meaning of that is tremendously special. And yeah, to be honest, it does sound like quite the day to make your debut yeah. zone. So again, you should be tremendously proud of that. And in terms of the flip side then, because your time at Worcestershire in terms of the professional level was short but sweet. Obviously, you didn't get any other opportunities to to play another first 11 match after that particular encounter. In your own words, Zane, how do you reflect on your time in the West Midlands? How do you summarise your experiences at Worcestershire County Cricket Club? Um. To be honest, Worcester did play a big part in how where I am today, I'd say. Um, I think just the experience of playing second level cricket for two, three years and then obviously not gain a contract to when I left the academy, obviously, which naturally quite disappointing. Um, but I think it probably made me a better player, maybe probably made me a bit more mature. Um, I think obviously then I had to sort of, when I was out of the system and I sort of had to fight for my spot even more than because I'm competing with trialists and I'm competing with um, the second team players to get a contract. Um, I think it probably made me a bit more mature and made me value value what I'm doing sort of a bit more. Whereas I think when you're in the in the academy and you're in the setup, it can be quite you can be like cushioned from the reality of why it is. Um, and I think it was it was a good wake up call for me. Um, obviously, being released from the academy and then not getting a deal, and um, it was quite a tough period because I, th- I believe the following year, hit, COVID hit, and we didn't have any cricket for that season. So it was it was couple it was a tough couple of years. Um, but yeah, I think but I think that is that was important for me to make me to make me who I am today and help me mature, like I said, and then. Um, and then obviously I had to get into onto the trialing scene, which was a which is a great experience as well. Well, yes, it's it's interesting, isn't it? To be honest, that kind of the period of your cricket journey because trialing is difficult, isn't it? Let's face it, you've got no guaranteed opportunity at the end of it. There's a lot of travelling, there's a lot of disappointments, which comes with trialing. But in your case, saying it definitely did pay off, as we shall discuss yeah. when we got onto our conversation about Glamorgan County Cricket Club, but. In terms of that initial release, I've got to ask this because it's a question which I pose to a lot of cricketers on this podcast. Did you have a backup at that time in terms of that release from Worcestershire? Did you always have your heart set on being a pro cricketer or did you have a career to fall back on? I mean, what was your kind of a viewpoint of, of life at that stage? Um, it was tough because I always thought I would be always had sort of had a mindset which was probably not the right mindset but I had the mindset of once I finish on the academy I'll get a contract and that's it I'll just be a professional cricketer for so many years and we'll have to think about the actual real life but um, I had very quick realization that you know there's more to life than just cricket so uh, so as soon as I left college done my A-levels I didn't go to university so I sort of had to find something else I could do, potentially rely on. Um, so that's that's when I started doing uh, doing a uh, accounting course, which I'm still working towards at the moment. So, so yeah, so this this accounting course, uh, which I started with the ACCA, uh, is basically like a qualification that when you finish it, you're like a qualified accountant, and you can sort of 
Um, so, so it's just something to fall back on if, for example, if nothing works out. But bit of security, that's, but I've still got that ongoing now. So, uh, but I'm hoping to finish that in the next year or so. So hopefully get that out of the way. Well, it's quite the qualification, isn't it, to be honest? A lot of maths, a lot of number crunching. I- I'm not sure that I can do it, to be honest. I struggle with the fours and sixes in cricket, <laughs> but luckily that's all we need to do in this wonderful yeah. game. The occasional five as well, or seven, depending on yeah. whether or not there's a no ball. But yeah, for, for the most part, the maths isn't actually too bad. But no, yeah. fair enough, mate. That's a very good qualification to have Cheers. to fall back on. And again, yeah. I think it's very sensible advice for any cricketers out there, regardless of your age, always have a plan B. Because yeah, cricket might not work out in a linear projection, right? You're going to have 100%. ups and downs. You might have a release. You might have some trialing periods where you don't have those opportunities. But if you have got that plan B to fall back on, you're still earning. You've still got a way to achieve your dream and you will be set up for life. So, again, I do think that is something very important just yeah. that we can touch upon that, to be honest, saying. So thank you for going into detail about that. wasn't expecting accounting. To be honest, usually it's like sports science or yeah. you know, physiology, stuff like that. But <laughs> fair enough. As I said, accounting, a very, very good course to do indeed. And in terms of that particular period then between Worcestershire and, of course, your time at Glamorgan, how did you get back into the county circuit? Because your particular journey is fascinating, to be honest. It's taken you through the training process. It's taken you through Herefordshire in the national counties. It's taken you through the South Asian Cricket Academy as well. I mean, yeah. you've really gone through quite the journey to get back yeah. into county cricket. So in terms of those steps, in terms of, of achieving this goal, this lifelong ambition of being a professional cricketer, how did you go from that time in 2019 where you didn't have a contract to becoming a contracted professional at Glamorgan County Cricket Club? So... Um... I think you mentioned Hereford, but I'd like to say Hereford did play a really good part. Um, I was playing for Hereford while I was in the academy as well. And I, I, I do say minor counties is a really, real good step before that, uh, before playing um, second team and first class, just because you you get the opportunity to play longer format cricket, which is hard to source anywhere else. And I think that really helped me as well. And then, of course, um, from 2019, when I went away for six months to Perth, that was a good experience, especially I think it helped develop me as a batter more than anything, um, just playing on different services and different bowlers. Um, but of course, that year was, was also quite difficult because uh, 2020, when when I came back, it was peak COVID time and there was no second team cricket. No one wanted any trialists just because of all the isolation and everything. So 2020 was more of like a write-off, really. I think I might have played one or just one one second team game maybe two um but uh, it was sort of also 2021 where where we where I slowly started getting back into it um contacting counties like messaging all the second team coaches and asking them for trials asking if there's opportunities but because it was still sort of like the back end of covid a lot of people didn't want to get get trialists from outside they preferred playing their own academy players um and of course at that time you and then I think there was a new rule coming where you had to pay trialists rather than pay and you wouldn't have to pay academy players. So of course that was also a factor where if there was an academy player available and a trialist available, they'll always obviously go for the academy player, be cheaper and you know, and it's also in-house. Um so that was also difficult. Yeah, I didn't really get many trials uh in twenty twenty one. Um and then obviously still carried on playing Hereford on the side just kept ticking over, just kept trying to improve. Um, but it was really uh, 2022 where Saka was formed and uh, it, and that winter really where, where I sort of had a more of a set programme and I was part of like an academy again, uh, part of a setup. Um, and it was Saka's first year. Um, but I think that sort of provided a breakthrough and gave us an opportunity to play second team cricket again um it was it was easy to get uh it was easy to get opportunities because coaches could could have could have a look at you while you were playing against them so you were sort of in the shop window for the second teams and of course we played all the counties around the country and um and 
I think it was it was good to also have obviously Tom Brown, who's who was the director of Saka. He was also sort of working as your agent, like contacting counties, asking them what do you need. We've got this player, so it helped a lot of guys get trials rather than when it was us individually asking for trials. It was quite difficult to even get a response. So no, that that worked out really well. And then of course, towards the back end of the year, last last two two months of the season, I think I ended up trialing for six counties or something. Ridiculous <laughs> that year, but it was mainly where Glamorgan. I got a good run towards the end. I think I played four four uh, championship second team games for them, and of course, it, it, I did quite well, and then worked out well. Well, it certainly did, and we'll touch upon that in due course because there's one performance against Yorkshire seconds in particular which really does stand out. So 116. That was an absolutely brilliant knock, and quite clearly had a massive influence in terms of this next stage in your playing career. But Zane, before we touch upon that, we do have to talk in a bit more detail about Saka, the South Asian Cricket Academy, because let's face it, it's been a resounding success, hasn't it? In terms of the amounts of graduates that have come through that particular system, it's staggering. I mean, you've got yourself, Andy Umi, Jaffa Chohan, Kashif Ali at Worcestershire as well. So many players, and of course that's just players. We're not even talking coaches as well. So, for example, Shaftab Khalid has, has gone on to become a coach at my county of Warwickshire as well. The academy is definitely working, and it's a great way to get players back into these county setups. In terms of that initial opportunity, how did that materialise? How did you actually involve yourself with Saka in the first place? So... Um... I believe when when the when the first idea came about with, I think Tom Brown um, pitched the idea to Kabir Ali, who's obviously now got a job at Yorkshire as well, um, and I think I think the the consensus was like you know try and get try and get the players in Birmingham because it was initially formed in Birmingham, 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 and um, they have they have the U BCU Birmingham City University were also part of the sort of the research and they provided some of the funding in the early years. Um, and Kabir Ali, who was director of cricket for Saka, sort of the head coach at the time, he he, he had the job to approach players that he knew. So I knew Kabi from I knew Kabi from previously just just from being from Birmingham and I would come across him a few times and uh, and uh, he approached me uh, at one of the games and he said, "Look, this is this is what we're planning on doing, and we'd like you to be involved." And I was like, "Yeah, hundred percent, I'm I'm on board." Um, so that's how it came about, and um, that was the, I believe that was the summer of, 2021, and then the program started 21, 22 winter. Um, that's when we started. Everyone got together, and a few guys from around the country come used to come to Birmingham. They might stay the night, train, and then go back, and and then it, it was it was when we started playing second team games and against second teams and we of course we got we didn't do quite well to start with but eventually we started uh, getting there getting getting better and uh, we had a few competitive games i remember one game against yorkshire in bradford which was quite good we, it was quite a close game we ended up losing but it was a good contest and then i think that sort of showed people around the country that look you know these guys these guys do deserve an opportunity because they're competing and you know maybe we should give them a go and uh but no, it was it was a, re- a real good initiative, and clearly it's, it's been successful, and so many guys have done so well. They really have, and yes, completely echo that sentiment. To be honest, that it has been a massive success because we're seeing guys now who were on the periphery, or in many cases, not even in the county circuit, and now they're back in it and excelling. I mean, look at Andy Umid, for example, in the One Day Cup, absolutely yeah. superb, and. As a Warwickshire fan, I remember him donning the Bear and Ragged staff in 2017. So to see him back yeah. really does make my heart smile, to be honest. And absolutely delight to see him back in county cricket. But it really has seen a, a reinvigoration and a rejuvenation of many cricketers' careers. And in terms of the actual setup itself, Zane, as someone who's been in that particular setup and system, what do you think it is about Saka which has made it so successful? Is it the level of coaching? Is it the fact that the, the existing players in that academy are already very talented cricketers and you've got that element of, of competition. What do you think does make the South Asian Cricket Academy so successful? I think I think the guys are just, obviously they, they are good cricketers. That's why um, 
that's why they they are on the academy and they've been scouted and these guys have we have a lot of history with being from counties so a lot of these guys will will have will be associated with counties for example myself i was with worcester and kashif ali he was with nottingham and jaffa was middlesex and like these guys we would be released and we'd, we'd be playing second team or or minor county stuff and we'd we'd be scouted and we'd get um uh, we'd get into the team and for example if we had an opportunity to play against another second team i think it was just the drive to do well and to prove people wrong type thing um that i think pushed pushed us to obviously just be better and and i think being out of the system is and then i think makes you want to get back in even more um that's how i felt because obviously i was in there and then i was out and then i sort of realized look i was what i had and i'd do one again so i think it's just the drive and hunger of the guys that i've obviously played with and the guys that are there now um i think that just separates them and you know they they're willing to go the extra mile and do the extra session and you know um but the coaching was all well, of course the facilities and stuff I, i think tom tom did a lot for us in the first year of course because he didn't have a lot of funding so he had to sort of for uh, for kid out sometimes himself which was unbelievable what he did for us so but i know recently they've got a bit more funding from ecb but um but that first year tom did do a lot for us uh and i think it wouldn't be really successful without him um but yeah i think it's just it's just the guys they 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 really want to do well and they want to prove people wrong and uh i think that just drives them uh motivates them i guess Absolutely. And when you're surrounded by characters like that, who want to push themselves the extra mile, they're massively motivated to get this opportunity back. It, it does raise your standards, doesn't it? It makes you yeah. a better cricketer. And yeah. yeah, I completely understand, to be honest, why those two factors have played such a massive role. And I, I do think it would be a miss of us, to be honest, to, to mention all of the factors such as the players and the coaches without mentioning Tom's name, because Tom Brown <laughs> is the unsung hero. Yeah. of Saka to be honest you know this was his brainchild he's put in so much time and effort into this particular academy and it's just brilliant to see the the rewards being reaped to be honest you yeah. know it, it's a shame that the academy has to exist of course it's something yeah. which there's been a lot of discussion about in the first place and of course this is just a temporary solution basically to the wider problem you can see this yeah. on Saka's website but in terms of these initial years it's been a massive success it's great to see players utilizing this system and rejuvenating their careers and long may it continue to be honest because it's definitely producing the results and zane in terms of that's that next step then aside from your time in saka and of course here in the west midlands in the fine city of birmingham yeah. no greater city on the planet if uh, if i may say so myself but in terms of that next step trialing second 11 crickets fighting your way back into the county circuit how did you find that because a lot of players come onto this podcast and they say it is one of the more difficult parts of their journey because of the uncertainty because of the travel let's face it every single time as well you trial at six different counties that's a lot of teams it's a third of the yeah. entire circuit right just to get yeah. this opportunity again and every single time you're the newcomer you're going into what is a completely new dressing room a new environment and a new place so in terms of that training period how did you find that in terms of making your way back into county cricket no i think a lot of people would probably agree but um it was definitely definitely tough i think initially just getting the opportunity was tough and then of course turning up on the day and knowing that this could be my first and last game as well and knowing that you have to perform um was of course mentally challenging but, um i think uh, I think what helped me was just sort of focusing on my controllables and what I can control um for like if if I uh, if 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 I contacted someone and I wasn't getting an opportunity then I did what I could do and not to stress about things that I you know I can't I can't really do much about and of course when when I did play and I just try and do whatever I can of course it was going to be tough being a trialist cuz you're always second behind someone else and you're always fighting almost you you're basically fighting for your teammate's position that you're playing with so um but now definitely I echo that again the traveling the just the pressure of playing and not knowing if this is your last game um and just having to basically perform every game every game you got but it, it was also it, it was also a step better than 
the previous year because the year before I wasn't getting any games. So this year, if I'm getting games, it's, it's still a step step forward. So that's how I that's how I saw it, and and uh, I just sort of left it. Just made sure I did my prep well and did my practice, and just basically backed myself to uh, do it on the day. Um, but yeah, no, definitely a tough period, and like I said, I think it did help me become who I am today. It was uh, especially mentally and being mentally strong, especially as a professional cricketer, it's quite a challenging game mentally. Um, you have more downs than ups uh, as a cricketer, just generally. Um, so no, definitely, I think it did play a good, big, major part um, in me uh, becoming, obviously, a professional cricketer. But um, but no, a challenging period, hundred percent. And that's completely understandable, to be honest, because a lot of cricketers say the exact same thing. It is very difficult, but if you can make it past that initial training process and get the opportunity, it, it feels brilliant, doesn't it? It must be a wonderful, yeah. wonderful feeling to have achieved the dream yet again. And in terms of that training process, we mentioned those clubs and counties, you know, the likes of Gloucestershire, Kent, Northant, Surrey. Then, of course, we go to your time with Glamorgan. And to be honest, Zane, I'm really looking forward to discussing Glam because, to be honest, mate, you've had a fantastic first season down yeah. in South Wales. It's been a real, real breakthrough summer for yourself. So in terms of your initial impressions of Glamorgan as a club, what did you make of the Welsh outfit? Um, generally, I think the first time I played for them, uh, I think I think I played against them a couple of times and... Just playing against them, they they obviously looked a very very strong side. They've always were a strong side, especially in the second team longer format. Um, they just they would sort of like we'd always. And for example, I think I played against them for Saka and then for Worcester as well. And you know they were always just a strong unit. They did they did the basics really well. Um, nothing amazing. Like obviously they didn't they didn't have anyone that bought like eighty five mile an hour or anything. But they just—they were just a solid unit and played as a team and did the simple things really, really well. And they just did those small things better than us every time, which led to, led to them being success, successful. Um, but no, and then of course I got to know the players a bit. Obviously, played against them a bit, and and then once I started trialing for them, and you know, it was a great setup. The coaches were the coaches were real good, and uh, and the guys that I played with, you know, they were they were real good to me. So. You know, only good things to say about uh, Morgan. Well, I'm really glad to hear that, to be honest, because, yeah, it does seem like a very, very nice club and certainly a nice bunch on the playing staff as well. We've had a number of Glamorgan players on this podcast and, yeah, always good value on TCCP. Yeah. So very, very delighted to hear that, to be honest, Zane. And in terms of that moment then, after all that trialling, and to be honest, I think it'd be a miss of me if I didn't say how well he did in the seconds as well, because over the course of 2022, 638 runs in second 11 cricket, averaging over 40, of course, which included that high score of 116 against Yorkshire. And he also took 37 wickets at an average of 15, which included two five-wicket hauls. So quite the memorable summer after that training period and obviously getting back into the swing of things in second 11 cricket. But in terms of that moment, in terms of that occasion, in terms of that day, finding out that there was a contract on the table after all of that uncertainty, years of slogging away in the training process, second 11 crickets at the South Asian Cricket Academy, and of course in the national counties for Herefordshire. What was that moment like, Zane, receiving that contract and becoming a professional at Glamorgan? Um... Hard to put into words, actually. Um, it, it was it was a big like uh, obviously very very exciting because it's what you've worked for and for so many years, and it was it was a bit of a relief knowing that all the hard work hasn't gone to waste. And I was kind of glad that previous times when I was doubting myself to stop, I didn't stop, and it just it just showed me that you know if you do be persistent and if you do work hard and you know uh, keep pushing for your goal it, it, it is possible uh, because there was times I was thinking like you know this this is probably my last game I'm gonna have to take my find another job or do my accounting or something and you know there was periods like that in the summer so you know just having that and funnily enough I was playing for Kent against Yorkshire that last day of the second last day of the summer when I got the call so well, pretty pretty surreal uh, 
moment and hard point to words actually yeah um but yeah you know it's, it's uh it's crazy uh, how it all came about and i guess it all played a part in where i am today well it did and to be honest sometimes i say sometimes a lot of the time to be honest life just works out in very very strange ways doesn't it it, it doesn't work out how you pan it to or, or how you intend it to but somehow things just happen sometimes things just fall into place and Obviously, this was one of those occasions. And in terms of the moments after receiving that news, I've got to ask, mate, who was the, the first person that you contacted after receiving the good news? I think I think it was my brother. And then uh, I think I rang my mum and then my brother picked up and I think he was the first person to know. <laughs> so, but he was him, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. And for the sake of the podcast, what is your brother's name? Just to give him a little bit of a shout out. Uh, Bilal Hassan. He's actually captain of uh, Old Hill Career Club, you might have heard of. Of course I know Old Hill. That was the club yeah. of Eric Hollies. So he's captain of the club right now, and he's they've actually just got promoted into the Birmingham League last year, so he's done all right. <laughs> he certainly has. Flipping heck. It's going well for the Hassan family then, isn't it? Yeah, okay. Certainly is. Yeah, shout out to Old Hill, one of the most prestigious yeah. and historic clubs, to be honest, in yeah. this area. And for those who don't know about the story of Eric Hollies, that's a podcast in itself. Absolutely astonishing, his journey at Old Hill and, of course, at Warwickshire. But we're not here to discuss Mr. Holly's yeah. journey, are we, Zane? We're here to discuss yeah. yours. So getting back on track, obviously, in terms of the conversation about Glamorgan. So from that moment, having trialled in the seconds, having got that contract, we've got to talk about your debut because you made your first-class debut in 2023, which... Uh, again, must be a tremendously special and unforgettable moment. So in terms of that game, in terms of that encounter against Sussex down in Hove, what can you remember about your first-class debut for Glamorgan? It was, again, like it was, that. I reckon that's probably topped my, uh, I think that was probably more, more like exciting for me and more special for me, I'd say, than even the List A debut, of course. Um, but I think it was just this, just how the game was like, just how the game was set up by like so many big names being involved. Uh, like we had Manus and uh, Nessa playing for us, and Sussex had uh, Pujara and Smith. So it was like quite a surreal game, and a lot of people turned out for that game just because of the people, just the guys, just because of the guys that were playing, and it was just a crazy moment because it was a bit of a similar one to the. Worcester game where I wasn't sure if I was going to play or not. It was going to depend on how the pitch is and, you know, all of that. And it's quite nerve-wracking, like, obviously, the day before. And then, obviously, when you find out that I'm going to be in the team, which was a special moment. And then uh, just being there, and I think there was moments in the field where I was just standing there, like, deep cover and just having a look around and thinking, like, this is this is a bit mad to be happening. But, uh, but you know, and alhamdulillah, it, was, it, was, it went well and. Uh, I think I got 40 yard on in the second innings. Uh, got out like the strangest way, which is possible. But um, but yeah, it's a real, surreal, surreal moment. It really was, and to be honest, it was a crazy game, wasn't it? In the end, ending in a draw. But yeah, spot on 43 from 112 in that second inning, stumped by. Ollie Carter off the yeah. bowling of, of Jack Carson was a bit of a strange dismissal. I've got was, to ask what's yeah. going what's going through the head at that moment, Zane. I don't know. I think I think it was just like a rush of blood. I was I was obviously I was obviously at the crease for a long time and I think um Carson, I think he bought his square leg up and there was obviously no one out leg side, so I I, I sort of in, instinctively swept one and subconsciously dragged dragged my left foot out as well. And then Carter just took the stumps off after I missed it. But uh, but no, I forgot to mention obviously Ollie Robinson opened the bowling for for Sussex and and obviously I had to I faced the first ball off him the of the game I think um, which is a bit sorry of, of second innings so which is a bit mad and he was just hooping it around corners and I was just like this is crazy <laughs> obviously first time opening the opening the batting as well that game. Well, that's what I wanted to touch upon, actually, because that's a rather important piece of information that we've completely glossed over up yeah. until this point. You know, you've been batting in the middle order and bowling, and all of a sudden, you're playing in the county championship in a match of that magnitude. Obviously, massive crowding, and you've got all of these international superstars. 
and you're opening the batting for the very first time in your career. I mean, how did that move actually come about in the first place? Um, I think we had uh, we had a couple of injuries at the time. So captain at the time, David Lloyd, I think he had a bit of a hamstring hamstring uh, problem. Uh, he was out for a couple of weeks, and we 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 were opening short. So I had from before I, w- I had done quite well in the twos. I think I think I got a couple scores uh, for glammy twos, um, but then again I was batting at like six seven. Um, but uh, I think it was just the head coach. He, he might have seen something, Matt Maynard at the time. Um, and then he asked me, like, what do you think about opening? And I was like, yeah, 100%, I'm up for it. And, uh, so that's how it came about. And obviously that opportunity where where that slot came available, I, I just wanted to play no matter what, even if that was to open. Um, and I took it and I think I, I survived the new ball spell of Ollie, Ollie Robinson, so, uh, which I was quite pleased about. But... Um, but no, it was it was a crazy moment and sort of learning on the job, <laughs> which was interesting. Uh, but no, it was it was real good, real good experience. A tough um, finding more about myself and very different to how I played before. And obviously, you said I scored like I think what six hundred runs in that in the season before in the twos. But that was playing against spin mostly, batting at five, six, seven. So then to go and play against seam with the new ball it, it, was, it was interesting and but you know it's obviously worked out well and gonna try and do it again well yeah of course had that first taste in 2023 time to do it all over again in 2024 as we shall discuss in due course saying but i've got to ask actually in terms of the the mental and the psychological side of batting they are two massively different forms of batting aren't they in terms of opening and of course being in the middle order because beforehand, as you've just mentioned there, primarily facing spin and first change bowlers, which is completely different to facing a brand new Dukes ball in the hands of Ollie Robinson and a new ball swing specialist. So in terms of your approach to batting, did your approach change as soon as you became an opener? Um, I think just naturally my uh, my technique was quite compact anyways. Maybe that was one of the reasons... Matt Maynard saw something in me to open the batting, but um, I was also quite a compact player against Seam. Um, but I think it was more so just the mindset of, you know, just batting for all day, basically, like where the ball is down and get into the second, third session and get, in, get the bowlers into the second, third spells and, you know, just wear it down, get the shine off the ball and um, and just bat the whole day, basically. Um but yeah, it was a big mentality change. Uh, just obviously reining your shots in and stuff, picking your picking your options and picking the right time to obviously kick on and or hold back. And but yeah, it was a real, real uh, challenging, challenging period. Obviously that transition. But obviously the more I did it, that's this season gone. Um, I reckon the better I got it, the more I understood my role. And you know, um, and thankfully it was it worked out well. And now hopefully going to the next year as well uh, as an opening batter. Oh, 100%. I think, to be honest, it was quite an inspired choice by Matt Maynard and yourself because it worked out, didn't it? Let's face it, in terms of your debut season in a Glamorgan shirt, I think you did a very, very good job, mate. You know, 453 runs in a role that you've never played before is brilliant. And to be honest, from this position onwards, you can only get better with experience, with more time out in the middle. I mean, it's a really, really good foundation and platform to build off of. And in terms of your first season at Glamorgan Zane, how would you reflect on it and put it into your own words? Because you picked up the club's Young Player of the Year award at the end of this season, which is a massive accolade again for someone who last year didn't even have a contract. Of course, I mentioned there about 453 runs. You scored your first ever first-class half-century against Derbyshire as well in that very high-scoring draw at the Encora ground. But in terms of your first season in South Wales, how would you summarise and put it into your own words? Um, I think it, it, it took... I think, obviously, getting that Young Player of the Year award at the end of the year, it, was, it, it made me realise how... Uh, how how the actual season was because I obviously looked looked at it a bit 
a bit like uh, looking at the number side of it. I'm quite like rather than thinking about how how it's done as a team or how it's done for the team. I was sort of more analytical about how I performed and and I was looking at it like I didn't get any hundreds. I didn't I didn't take any fifers. But then again, I sat back and sort of had a look at overall look at it, and uh, I thought, you know, I was it was it was a pretty good start, especially in a new role, and so you know, it was just it was just quite surreal in the end. Now looking back, um, like how much I actually done, and considering from what I was doing the year before, uh, so just I'd say very, very interesting, but very enjoyable. <laughs> I think that's a lovely way to look at it, to be honest. Yeah, interesting but enjoyable. And that's the important thing, isn't it? I know, obviously, at this highest level, there is a lot more competition. It is a lot more cutthroat. There's a lot more pressure on your shoulders. That's just the way of the game, to be honest, once you reach yeah. the top level. But it's important to enjoy your game, in particular, this stage of your career, because you're so early on. You know, there's so yeah. much time to learn and improve and get better. And I get where you're coming from, to be honest. Everybody wants a thousand plus runs. They want centuries. They want five wicket hauls. But again, it's just important to have that base, to have that foundation in the first place. And again, there's always 2024 for that 1500 yeah. run plus season and, you know, two or three five wicket hauls. You never know. That's the beautiful thing about this game that we call cricket. And in terms of that future, Zane, just one final question, I suppose, before we wrap up what's been a brilliant episode of the podcast. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. In terms of your future aspirations at Glamorgan, what are you hoping to achieve heading into this season? And of course, the years beyond, what would you like to achieve from both an individual and of course, a team perspective heading into the near future? I think definitely as a team in the championship, we we want to push for that top two spot and get into Div 1 and compete you know, with the Div 1 teams. Uh, and of course, in the other competitions, do as well as we can. And I think we narrowly missed out on the one-day comp uh, qualification and the T20 Blast. I think we had a good start. We had a good first six games and then sort of fell off. But no, 100%, try and, try and do as well as we can. And but I reckon I'd like to see us in that Div 1, Div 1 champ, championship. Uh, I think we definitely can do and we're capable of going up. And personally, I think it's more about just contributing as the... As much as I can to the team, I mean, I know I looked at it as numbers and my numbers, but I think even if I can just spend time in the middle and just make life a bit easier for the guys in the middle order and get get a shine off the ball and make it a bit easier for them and sort of sort of uh, get a team result, I think I'm more than happy than that. Even if I don't get the best numbers that I want to, um, but yeah, I think whichever way I can contribute towards that towards a win, um, I'll be more than happy and. But yeah, I think more so team team wins and more uh, hopefully more trophies. Well, Zane, it goes out saying, mate, but obviously myself and everybody associated with the County Cricket Podcast are wishing yourself, Angela Morgan, all the very best of luck heading into this summer and, of course, the years beyond. I mean, I've already mentioned it and made it clear throughout the today's podcast, but yeah, very impressed, to be honest, with your maiden season in a glam shirt and... Yeah, obviously hoping for more of the same and a few centuries heading into this yeah. season as well. Would be fantastic, wouldn't it, to get that under your belt and, you know, achieve that first milestone on this journey. But in terms of Glamorgan as a club, yeah, it's been, I think, 18 years since they've been in the first division. I think 2005 was the last time that they were in Division 1. So that's definitely up there in terms of those milestones, in terms of challenging for promotion. And to be honest, I think they can do it. I really do with the likes of Kieran Carlson, obviously yourself. Yeah. The overseas players at Glam are top tier as well. So, yeah, should be, should be, fingers crossed, a very good season for the Welsh outfits and very, very much looking forward to it all beginning on the 5th of April. But, Zane, I think that does bring us to an end to today's episode of the County Cricket Podcast. Just before we do say our final goodbyes for the recording, do you have anything to plug or promote? Any social media channels, websites, businesses? Anything like that? Um, well, obviously, social media-wise, I am on Instagram, and so which is just my Zainal Hassan uh, twenty-seven. Um, but I, I have started uh, doing some coaching as well on the side. So, um, 
but so if anyone's ever interested, they can contact me. But uh, but yeah, I'm more more so based in Birmingham, and I'd do that more so in the winter. Um, but yeah, nothing nothing major to promote. <laughs> oh, fair enough, mate. Well, I'm glad you're getting into coaching as well. Yeah. That's something which again I do promote a lot on this podcast because it's important to give back, isn't it? And to inspire yeah, the next generation of cricketers. So honestly, it all sounds very positive. And then, of course, come April, yeah, the season's starting again. So <laughs> going to be busy. But yeah. yeah, quite clearly, a lot of very, very good things on the horizon. And folks, if you want to go and give Zane a follow on Instagram, we will, of course, leave the link to his account in the podcast description below. But that is essentially it from us two here at the Counter Cricket Podcast for today's episode. So each and every single one of you wonderful listeners out there, thank you ever so much for tuning in. And as always, guys, we'll see you on the next one.